1: We are back, and a, f- a couple of weeks ago, I got a press release from UVM announcing <clears throat> that they were, <clears throat> excuse me, they were uh, going to take over or partner with something called the Vermont Global Exchange. And I had never heard of the Vermont Global Exchange. And then deep down in the press release, up pops the name of my old friend, Fran Stoddard, the founder of that exchange. And I said, I've got to get her on the show. Fran Stoddard, uh, educator, uh, media producer, uh, talk show host, board member, uh, interviewer of every high profile person (laughs) or, or mid level profile person in Vermont. Fran, welcome to the show. Hey,
0: hey, Kevin, thank you. That's very sweet introduction. And I'll I'll tell you, I, I must say Medicare is so important, but it makes my head hurt. I'm on it, and thank you for having Dr. Malik on, and I'm so glad you're doing a part two. It's, yeah. it's
1: uh, deep. Yeah, I know, <laughs> and, the, and the, the, the paper that's in front of me right now is, uh, you're right, my head is hurting, so it's really fun to have you on and talk about other stuff. Okay. 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 <laughs> so, Fran, for, I like to say, a thousand years on this show a lot, but for a thousand years, you've interviewed everybody. In this state on various TV and radio shows, I, and, and something grew out of that, of meeting all these people, something called the Vermont Global Exchange. Tell us about it.
0: Yeah, you know, I was approached by a woman who moved here. She'd lived all over the world and she uh, chose to move to Vermont for her last chapter. And uh, she saw a program that I was uh, doing called Profile on Vermont Public at the time and uh, said, you know, I've got this way of connecting people and networking. Who needs to network um, in the state of Vermont? And thinking of, of her and the people that I had, amazing people that I had met, what popped to mind immediately were all these people doing international development work. And their focus was out of state, but this is where their headquarters were. But they were changing the world, and I was—they—they they, their work blew me away. And I also found out they didn't know each other, because their focus was in in Africa or in, in Haiti or in uh, the Pacific. So we created this network so those um, amazing people could learn about each other meet each other discuss issues that were important uh, to all of them you know how to work with the state department or um, how to deal with the uh, sustainability goals or whatever it was and they really took to it and that was about um, goodness a d- over a dozen years ago
1: Wow you know it, it this is one of my favorite subjects for for many years I've long thought that there are more Retired CIA agents and uh, Peace Corps volunteers in Vermont than any state in the country but you know a lot more about that than I do
0: well I I, I think that's probably true. UVM has determined that they have more alumni um, of the Peace Corps than than anybody else and I think that's probably true. I think people return to Vermont just because they can they it's peaceful, it's easy. And it gives them energy to go out into the world and make the world a better place. Yeah. And there, you know, there are a number that are actually are, are in the valley. There's um, uh, Ann Martin's PH International in, in Waitsfield and Cure Blindness in Waterbury, um, uh, Institute for Sustainable Communities in Montpelier. I mean, I can go on and on. There, there are a lot up here in Chittenden County uh, as well. But even, you know, Green Mountain coffee roasters was a member because they were doing all of this coffee work all around the world with coffee growers.
1: Right. Well, and I know my sort of brother-in-law, uh, Eric Lantman, who runs uh, 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 the chocolate company, Lake Champlain Chocolates, uh-huh. I, he's, for, sure. he's he's forever traveling the world looking for new sources of cocoa. Um, you're right. Right. The, Vermont has a... I should get you. Yeah, Vermont, we'll have him on the show. He, he's uh, he's my well, he
0: needs to be part of the network too.
1: Well, he's married to my niece in Charlotte, so oh, easy, easy access. Um, wh- and why the UVM connection, uh, Fran? What what happened there?
0: Good good question. Um, my uh, this woman that I mentioned, uh, Jackie, she was a consultant and author, and uh, she was amazing. She actually just. Quickly let me, she, she wrote this wonderful thing about what she did and her purpose was to help people explore meaning in their lives and to discern how to express that through work and to find work that really needs doing. And these were people that were doing that and um, making a difference, but she passed away and i started to talk to chris kaliba who was up at the office of engagement and i thought this is really a good connect we we had worked with people up at uvm and with some students of international development they liked that but there wasn't anything formal and i thought well and you know i'm on medicare maybe i won't be around for much longer or whatever <laughs> let's make sure that this network is embedded somewhere so it can last for a long time. And uh, Chris and I talked about it. He thought it was a very good fit. UVM is working at doing more international work. And and interestingly, many of their researchers and many departments are doing more international work uh, than a lot of people know. So they took to it and we just have an agreement to have it, this network embedded at UVM. It doesn't mean that all the meetings are at UVM. We just have one or two meetings a year. Uh, but what this does is opens up a door for faculty, for students, for grad students who are really interested in meeting some of these remarkable people. We also have Champlain College and St. Michael's College um, uh, are on board. I'd like to get more uh, colleges in, invested in this because it's not just Chittenden County at all. It really is looking at the state of Vermont as a place to have people talk about influence far beyond our borders.
1: Right. And so, Fran, you're going to stick with it? You weren't, you're, we're not going to lose you to this yeah. effort?
0: No. No, I'll, I'll be facilitating. We have a meeting next uh, Thursday uh, in the Waterman Lounge, uh, October 19th. And we're actually looking at – so there's a theme every time that we meet, and this one is on – peace and global security which is interesting that so much is going on in the world tragically right now around that but even people who are concerned about water or treatment of women uh, security is is a huge issue really for anybody doing international work uh, these days and uh, we have some really interesting speakers and then we because it's a network it's really about sharing ideas and sharing wisdom, and uh we'll be doing that also um on Thursday uh
1: the name Peter Clavel springs to mind, given what he did after uh-huh. being mayor. He went over to Albania for a lot of years and yes. worked in sort absolutely of, yeah yeah i assume he's
0: he's been uh, he's been a part of this group he's very aware of it uh yeah. he's terrific,
1: yeah, it's yeah, it's everywhere. I, I, you know, you, I, I did a long drive through Vermont the other day and I just, every town I went through, you, you almost, you know, I remember Tom Wicker, the retired editor from the New York Times used to live in Rochester and there's just all sorts of Haviland Smith, I think the, the head of yeah. station CIA, uh, for so many years is still, I think, living in Brookfield. And, you know, it's just, and the expertise in this state around international affairs is endless. Um, I can't uh, go on without asking you to comment on the Israeli Gaza situation. Uh, you have some experience uh, there.
0: Well, you know, I'm I'm not a, a pundit. I'm really a first person um, narrative journalist. I, I talk to people and get their ideas, as you do. But you know, it's just tragic. I I feel that that it was a powder keg ready to blow up. I, I I'm. Mm just so incredibly saddened and shocked that it's it's been so violent and so awful but the fact that you know people haven't really worked hard at figuring out you know a two-state solution or something that's going on there it just I just worried so much about that part of the world and felt that something horrible was going to happen and it is it's and it's happening now
1: yeah, um, yeah, it's it, it was, and we
0: uh, unsustainable need unsustainable what was happening.
1: Yeah, and we need to get somebody on this this show to take us through it on Friday. Actually, a bit of housekeeping for our listeners: on Friday, uh we're going to have former U.S. ambassador to Syria Robert S. Ford on the show. Uh He's mm. in he's in Turkey right now, but he's going to call in from Turkey because he's an expert on the on the region, and I think he's a sober voice in this. It, it's It's increasingly more difficult to find sober voices because we're conflating Hamas with with the Palestinians and Gaza. And and it's it's I think it's I read some of President Biden's uh, speech that he gave yesterday in which he gave support to Israel but tried to separate Hamas from Gaza, from uh, from the Palestinians, so that...
0: From the Palestinian people, I think that's absolutely right. essential. And from the West Bank, and what's happening in the West Bank is very different from Gaza.
1: You so, know, i, I got to ask you a question. Yeah. We, I said in the intro that we're suddenly getting an education in the politics and the geography of the Middle East, yeah. uh, which... In our fast-paced society uh, based on the Internet and social media, it's increasingly difficult to sit down with a map and actually understand who's who over there. And I wonder, before we take our first break, do you worry about that uh, as a journalist, um, our, our inability to – understand and process and inform ourselves about that situation and others, given that we're moving at such a fast p- pace?
0: Yeah, I think people want to jump to conclusions and take a side before they want to really understand what's going on. Right. Um, the West Bank is just packed with settlements. It's very bizarre. And I think people really don't understand. It's, it's not like a separate It is a separate area, but it has all these settlements in it, um, which is just a very strange way of dealing with people. Yeah. Um, and I think that we don't, I mean, that's, that's just one piece of a very complicated issue. But I think we do in these divisive times, we want to jump and have a, have a very simple answer. And these are very complicated. Uh, nuanced situations that we need to take the time to understand better.
1: Yeah, and there's religion and there's politics and there's geography <laughs> and there's there's uh, history. 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 Oh God, history.
0: <laughs> Deep uh, uh, for both of those people.
1: Yeah, and we for in a country. Many people. Yeah, and we in a country that is, by comparison, uh, you know, a, a newborn baby compared yes. to the folks over there. So. Uh friend w- one more thing to cap that off before the break um I, I I love what you're saying about let's let's resist taking sides for the moment and really try to understand what's going on
0: Well I mean terrorism is is a terrible thing I mean I'm not going to yeah. underlying all of that is a, is very deep and complex history that we shouldn't try to simplify
1: Yeah that's right Fran, you spent a lot of time with the Orton Foundation, uh, exploring, mm-hmm. exploring uh, towns and sort of what makes this uh, state tick. And I want to go back to your global exchange effort and why people come here uh, when they are looking for the next phase of their lives. I think there's a connection there. Can you can you talk more about that? Why do people come here? And what did you discover at the Orton Foundation? that makes them come here?
0: Well, it's interesting. Those feel like two very different things because the Orton Family Foundation principally works outside of Vermont. Right. They are really focused on rural towns and helping uh, rural towns, you know, kind of find who they are and what's important to them. And it came out of Lyman Orton's – he was on a select board when – Western Vermont had had a big issue that divided the town and it's they have they created a wonderful process for towns and some Vermont towns um, have done it and I do small facilitations with some of those ideas Uh, but they he mainly works or their that foundation mainly works out of state and what I found working there was how hungry rural towns are for reconnecting, keeping youth around, how we kind of return to community, everything kind of – towns didn't have a cohesiveness that they used to have. There's a lot of nostalgia. Right. And current modern ways to bring that back. And Vermont provides some fabulous examples because town meeting and just the way and who we are – Community is very much a part of who Vermont is still. And I think it's such a critical piece. So um I don't know I'm answering your question. You are.
1: You are. But knowing all that, knowing everything that you know, let's assess where we are in Vermont. Uh, mm. We've had another well, we've had another flood. We've had. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, there's a lot going on here. There, there, I just listened coming in to an interview with the founder of Beta Technologies, 600 new jobs, a net zero factory oh. that's going to produce hundreds of electric airplanes. Uh, it feels like the city, the, the, sorry, the state is kind of on the move, and yet there is great difficulty in places like Burlington with fentanyl and mm-hmm. homelessness and... um you both are existing well, side by side.
0: I, so I think, you know, I think what's going on in Burlington, I think it's it's tragic now. I think it's very much pandemic related. I think it's um, the homelessness issue, um, you know, despair and drugs. And where do people go? They go to where their are services. And, you know, so it's mainly people from our state, but they're going to Chittenden County. And I think that we'll move through this time. I think it's a very difficult time. It remains difficult. It won't go away right away, but I think, I think there are a lot of very smart people on it. I think also Vermonters, you know, innovation is, seems to be in the soil (laughs) or in the blood here with, you know, farmers really figuring a lot of stuff out all the time. And so there's, there's a lot of hope from that ingenuity, that innovation, that respect of the land. I'm excited about what's happening with regenerative farming, um, the food scene, value-added things. You know, dairy is that's really a tough nut, but that's you know there are international, again, weirdly, international um, uh, powers that be are 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 just really making that um, a pretty a pretty tough road and and we we know we're losing a lot of farms there but there's so much good stuff happening this is a, it's it's a it's a tough time again i'm not a pundit but i'm so hopeful for vermont i think vermont is is not necessarily exceptional but it is unique and i think our sense of community and our our real respect and love of the land is going to continue to serve us really well yeah um yeah. yeah.
1: No, I think that's right. Um,
0: <laughs> There's so much more to, to say. But, well,
1: we've got the time to do it. You you were have been an interviewer on television programs for more than 20 years. I want to ask you, what did you learn from those programs?
0: Mm. I I guess I learned that. People with a passion and a focus can are really make a difference for all of us, and that includes professors up at UVM and farmers experimenting with things, and people running 4-H clubs, and you know there are both people that therefore you know pop into fame and other people that just keep working away at what they're doing and offering us their wisdom and their knowledge and making something happen that benefits us all. Right. And some some we know about and some we don't know as much about. And the privilege that I've had to shed light on some of those people and some of the revelations that, that they've had, they're, they're the ones that are really interesting and how they solved certain problems. Uh, and what their you know another piece that is mm, that I loved about kind of the luxury of having a longer show like like you have now is looking at the trajectory of someone's life. What were those what were those moments that that changed you or got you on this path? Everyone's story is so interesting and there's always that that thing that happens that where uh knowledge passion coalesce that put people on a on a certain path uh and i find that just so fascinating um so oh what have i learned i've learned so much i've learned also that that you know i'm not deep i know i'll, I'll Lot about. I mean, a little bit about a lot of things, but <laughs> I don't know a lot about any one thing in particular.
1: Yeah. What? Uh, for, uh, now, we have to get personal. How did you get here? What's, what? How did you get to Vermont?
0: I I was living in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, uh, wow. where I grew up. But my dad's first cousin lived here. My brother uh, was here um, in the Vista program. And so I visited um, a couple of times, and then I was, okay, I'm in my mid-20s. I, I really should decide what I'm going to do with my life. Is it going to be Boston or New York or uh, some other place? But I want to live in a small town before I do that because a lot of friends had moved to this area, the Burlington area. So I moved to Richmond, Vermont, moved on to a farm, and just things started happening right away. I got a job at the free press. Well, I got a job at a bar first, isn't it? <laughs> so. I I I served up cocktails for a while, but I got a job at the free press pretty quickly and at W D O T and things kinda kept falling into place. I loved how incredibly gorgeous it was. I liked the people. I liked um I just liked it. And I just I decided (laughs) I think this is the place.
1: Yeah, you and me started the same way. Burlington Free Press, hard to believe. (laughs) I was there ninety to ninety three. How about you?
0: Oh, my gosh. It was the early 80s. <laughs> people can do... Stop doing the math now. Right. I'm on Medicare. <laughs> right, right.
1: Um,
0: it was early, and I, I loved I did those, you know, take a picture and um, write a little story about people, the people on the street. That was one of my favorite things.
1: My story is also that...
0: pyramid mall and all kinds of stuff.
1: My story is that Jim Welch was the editor, and I was coming up from Washington, D.C., and uh, they had a job opening, uh, we were moving here without jobs, my wife and me. And, uh, he put me through a, a, a reporting test. I had to go out and, I don't, I don't know, research something about Lake Champlain. I completely failed okay. the, uh, failed the test, but he gave me the job anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Clearly you didn't fail the
1: test. <laughs> something, something. Okay. Um, <laughs> you have interviewed, how many people do you think you've interviewed? Have you ever counted? It?
0: Oh, oh my goodness. Well, one show was over 300. I, I counted that because that was the number of shows. Right. Probably 1,000 people.
1: Okay. So, at this
0: point, I <laughs> think something like that.
1: Okay. So, most interesting guest.
0: Oh, my goodness. You know, they're all interesting. It's always kind of the, the next one.
1: Ken Squire. Oh, gosh. Tell us about that. Ken, if you're out there, <laughs> here we go. Tell us, Fran. Uh, Was he was he polite? uh,
0: For the most part, he was. uh, (laughs) He had his moments because he had strong opinions, and he was awesome. I just, I, I think he's just the best. It was so fun. It was so fun to interview him. Um, But you know, there there have been um, there have been so many, and they're all so interesting. and again, it's not really the the most famous people though, actually one of the, one of the things that just popped into my head for some reason, there was a guy named Sakyong Rinpoche who was the head of a um, a Buddhist meditation center. And he came on and he had a whole entourage (laughs) and he had these beautiful yellow robes and he kind of was like the sun and he was this beautiful young man. And his father actually had, opened many places around the United States, but got into trouble. He, he kind of, um, he got into trouble. <laughs> so I had to talk to his son about that a little bit, but it was, it was so interesting, his whole entourage and how he presented himself. And um, anyway, he, he comes to mind couples. I love doing the Leahy's doing both um, Senator Leahy and um,
1: yeah, and his so. wife
0: was really yep. touching Yeah. And anyway, that was always interesting when I was able to get um, a pair on. That was fun.
1: Scariest guest?
0: Mm. Well, I, I interviewed E.L. Doctorow, and yeah. he was so angry at UVM when I picked him up to take him to the studio. And he was like, I don't know why I'm doing this interview. <laughs> so that was – I didn't know it was going to be as scary as it was, but I calmed him down on the way there because – I anyway somehow, and we ended up having a, a perfectly lovely interview. Um, David Sanger, because he's so smart, he's yeah. a New York Times uh, correspondent.
1: Yeah, Liza um, has a has a house in Weston, Vermont, as I recall. Yeah, yeah,
0: right, right. Uh, Gwen Ifill, what a privilege. Um yeah. they uh, loved interviewing her, but you know, I was a little nervous about it. Those are those are people kind of from. Out of state, uh, though, though David, yeah, David lives, yeah, he lives down in Weston. How
1: about uh, um, how about governors? Uh, best governor well, to interview.
0: Well, Phil Hoff was really interesting because he yeah. was so candid about his alcoholism.
1: Yeah, I yeah. was
0: just really shocked. Yes. Yeah. and it and that's so helpful to people to hear that kind of honesty, and which also brings up Madeline Kunin, who. I've interviewed a number of times, and her work on um, growing older and yeah. talking about death and dying yeah. just because she has such a, a place every she's so respected and to be able to talk about such a difficult issue just you know impressed me so much that we, we did a whole short small series of, around that in that book, and I just so admire her for. Um, you know going after tough
1: topics she's on my list and i have uh, close close friends who worked for her uh, in a very close capacity for a long time and you know she she was a tough boss um yeah and 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 i i so admire her for uh i loved her first book because it talked about being a woman in politics in vermont yes. Uh, it was a brave, brave book, and then she morphed into these, these subjects about love and dying and writing poetry and you know re- yeah. re- remarrying and that. I, I so deeply want to get her back on this show.
0: Oh, you should. She's she's really terrific. Yeah. And you know, Catherine Patterson also was just blew my mind. She's wonderful.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. She's a writer. But okay. anyway. Oh, <laughs> you're Catherine Patterson. You're,
0: so, so many people. You're giving
1: um, you're giving me the list.
0: Okay, I'll, I'll be happy to give, to give you more. You know, also, let me just, before I see, we might be running out of time. And because we took that little path down the Palestinian-Israeli issue, Nina Meyerhoff will be talking at the Vermont Global Exchange. And she's one of these people who started an organization called Children of the Earth. Yeah. Which is about empowering young people um in, in terms of leadership and uh values. And she also is the co founder of the One Humanity Institute, which she created in Auschwitz. And she's been working on the border of, of Poland and Ukraine and I mean she's just she's just one of these remarkable people. She lives in South Burlington. <laughs> yeah. And so there's somebody you might want to talk to um, and'll we'll be we'll be hearing from her and some some other people around many security issues on thursday
1: you know i i um, d- during the pandemic i I fell in with a, a woman who started a, a, a an organization called project n ninety five and she oh wow she's a specialist at sort of obtaining uh, surgical masks. And respirators from around the world and selling them at discount prices and giving a lot of them away to those in need. And she's in Essex Junction.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) And it just, the list goes on and on. Um, Fran, last question. Uh, what keeps you, what keeps you here aside from the beautiful Hmm. weather in February?
0: (laughs) I think it's the people. Yeah. I've, I've made. You know, not only a very close knit, uh, couple of groups of friends, but I'm, I just am so interested in the people that I meet here, both ones that are working international and people that are, you know, working, working right here, right next door in, in Williston. I just, I, I would hope that I would find that anywhere, but I think there's something about the connection to Vermont that I already feel aligned um, with so many people who choose to live here or who have lived here for a long time uh, that I I just, both my husband and I, we just don't see, we don't even think about going somewhere else. (laughs) Even though it's getting a little bit more of a struggle deep in winter, it's still okay.
1: Yeah. It's already, as I'm stacking wood, it's already starting to get dark a little earlier. Right, exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ours is is pretty much done.
1: Well, Fran Stoddard, uh, co-founder of the Vermont Global Exchange, uh, broadcaster, uh, uh, and and, uh, consultant. Uh, You're so kind to join us. Uh, We promise to have you back, and thanks for giving us your time.
0: Kevin, thank you so much. I'm so delighted that you're doing this show. And if anybody wants to be part of the Vermont Global Exchange, it's vermontglobalexchange.org. Um we're opening up the doors to really include more people that are doing um, interested in international work. So thanks for having me on.
1: Thank you for coming. Okay. Fran Stoddard. Boy, that's fun. Uh, that is our show for today. My thanks to our guest Marvin Malik and Fran Stoddard, along with all of you who called in. Uh, boy, that Medicare subject has got people riled up. So I'm going home with all my paperwork, and I'm starting in on this if you want to be a guest on the show or send us a suggestion or a topic, send me an email at vtviewpoint at radiovermont.com. Our goal is always to illuminate and inform and have some fun along the way. This show becomes a podcast at wdevradio.com. So you can listen there anytime. You can stream this show. You can listen on the radio. There's all sorts of ways you can hear us. I am here Wednesdays and Fridays. You can find me at KevinKLS.com, where you can subscribe to my weekly newsletter called Conflict of Interest. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. My podcast, also called Conflict of Interest, examines the issues we deal with on the show. Housekeeping note, we will return Friday with ambas- former ambassador to Syria, Robert S. Ford. We're going to talk about the Middle East, Israel, Hamas, the Palestinian situation uh, for an entire segment. And... Uh, We look forward to that. As always, we'll talk politics, media, culture, and Medicare, and everything else on my mind and yours. Our our show is produced by me, engineered and made possible today by Miami, Greg Titus, there in his Hawaiian shirt, and all the folks at WDEV. Thanks Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Kevin Ellis. We'll see you right back here Friday on Vermont Viewpoint Live Radio on the Friendly Pioneer WDEV.